Hello my beautiful people, this is another episode of When Marriage Hurts. This is episode number 10. Can you believe that? Episode number 10. And on this episode, it's an interesting topic that we will be exploring today. It is why marriage counseling is not working for you. I wonder how many of you listening to this have been in and out of marriage counseling for I don't know how long, but what we will be talking about in this episode is why it might not be working for you. And when we talk about marriage counseling, we're not just talking about one-on-one counseling with you and your spouse and a counselor. We are also referring to like attending marriage conferences, women's conferences, reading marriage books, that type of thing. Um, so we'll be exploring a few reasons why it doesn't yield the desired result. So get comfortable, sit back and relax and we will dig in. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Yes, so we will definitely be shaking tables today. Welcome back. Um, Yes, so let's just go straight in without further ado. Reasons why marriage counseling is not working for you. It is not because God has forgotten you. It is not because God is trying to punish you or... Um, it's not because you haven't prayed hard enough. Okay. Let me just put that out there. There's just, some um, some reasons that sometimes as women, we don't quite recognize. We, we don't recognize the fact that we have a lot of factors working against us. So the very first reason that I will be talking about is you are the only one working on the marriage. A lot of times we find that the woman is the only one working on the marriage. Oftentimes she's even the only one who's been counseled, right? She's the only she, she's the one who recognizes that there's a problem and goes to seek help. Um sometimes the husband would follow her and they would see someone together. You know, you just think about it. In most cases that you know, and maybe even in your own case, would typically seek help? Is it the wife or the husband? And to answer that question, it's really simple. Which of these two genders reads marriage books the most? It's usually women. 
um, when when you go to a conference on marriage, it's overwhelmingly women that attend those kind of events, right? When you're watching a video on YouTube and the ministration is solely about marriage, just look at the audience. You see that it's women that you're going to find there, right? And people can explain that as, well, you know, women are relational beings, even when they don't have challenges in their marriages, they're looking to improve upon it, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's a valid point. But the point I'm making here is when you have just one person working on the marriage, one person who is being counseled, then how is counseling going to work? right? It does take two to tango in a marriage. It takes two people with the help of God to build a marriage. So when the responsibility of fixing a marriage solely rests on one person, they're just going to be like chasing the wind. It's not going to work no matter what. It's just not going to work. It's like trying to cook rice by just dumping raw rice in the pot and putting it on a stove or firewood or whatever. And you you keep wondering why the rice isn't turning out the way you expect it to. That's because that's not how rice was meant to be cooked. Rice was meant to be cooked with water. It doesn't matter what kind of rice you're trying to cook, whether just plain white rice, fried rice, jollof rice. If you're not cooking that rice with water is just not going to turn out well. You're just going to have a pot full of hot mess. Moving right along, we'll talk about reason number two. And these reasons are in no particular order. This was just what I could think of right off the bat while I was preparing for this episode. So reason number two why marriage counseling is not working for you is because your counselor is also brainwashed just as much as you are. (laughs) okay so and just bear in mind that when I'm talking about counseling counselor counselor um pardon me when I'm talking about counseling and counselors in the context of this episode I'm talking most especially of church counselors so whether you attend a church where they have designated people that do marriage counseling for couples that need it or you're talking about you just have a a pastor or a pastor's wife or a woman's leader or whoever handling this kind of thing or maybe counselor doesn't even have to necessarily be someone who is a de- is in a designated position it could just be that you have marriage issues and you just approach someone in church that you trust and you think can give you some direction and counsel okay so just bear that in mind so we're using the term counselor loosely here so your counselor is just as brainwashed as you are especially women see let me tell you something nigerian women We are being programmed for years and years and years. The we even as little girls, we are raised in a particular way, and this this doesn't discriminate whether you're whether you um come from a wealthy home or a middle class background 
or you were like dead poor growing up it really doesn't matter the way we are raised as girls we are raised to serve men we are raised to to kind of defer to men for the rest of our lives right we are even raised to think that our lives wouldn't have as much worth or value if we're not even married to someone. That's how bad it is. That's just how we're raised. So we all have this programming. Even even for women that claim to be feminist or liberated women or whatever it's called these days. See, the truth still remains that you have a basic programming. <laughs> You've been raised a certain way since you were a little girl. You've been trained to believe that in marriage, marriage is solely your responsibility. You know, you hear things like the way a marriage goes, if, 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 uh, if a marriage is going to work well, then it's going to be the woman that, that, that does it right? If it doesn't go well, then it's going, it's the woman's fault as well. You've been raised with this kind of beliefs that are not based off of God's word. So there's that on the line programming that's there. So you can try to, you can try to paint something. You can try to, to, to pick up uh, an ugly shoe and try to polish it to look nice and shine, but it's still going to be an ugly shoe. So there's still that underlying programming that has formed us as women right from childhood. So when you go to a counselor, which oftentimes women tend to approach other women for counsel, and that person is just as brainwashed as you are, the kind of advice that they're going to offer you is going to be from that rotten pot, right? That rotten programming that you both have. And it's not because they don't want to help you. They're, these are well-intentioned people. It's just that they cannot give you what they do not have. God tells us to renew our minds. So we are to renew our minds with the word of God. So if we all have this basic programming that doesn't serve us as adults in marriage and our minds aren't renewed with the word of God. It's just garbage in garbage out. I'm not saying this to bash anybody. I'm not like a know-it-all. As a matter of fact, I am just as guilty of this as anybody else. I have had friends who approach me for marriage counsel and even though I knew some things not to be true, but for some reason, when I'm talking to these people, when I'm offering counsel to these people, I just spew the same old, same old rubbish that people tend to tell to people that who are in troubled marriages. Because it's just that, it's that programming, it's that brainwashing that's been happening for years. And even though I've come to know some truths in the word of God, it's something that one constantly has to try and walk in that truth. You have to constantly um, keep learning. You have to constantly stand against the tide almost, right? To keep walking in that truth so that you can lead other people in that truth. So I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else. So your counselor is also brainwashed and they are unknowingly leading you astray but they think that they're leading you in the right path because the kind of advice they are giving you is what they are doing in their own dysfunctional marriages as well. 
and they think that's what God wants them to do. So your counselor could also be misguided. Number three reason is that your counselor or whoever is standing in the place of counselor for you is not trauma informed. And what do I mean by that? Often when women approach someone to you know, for marriage counsel or for something they're going through in marriage, they don't even know that they're in abusive marriages. They just know that they're experiencing a lot of pain that they can't even explain. And when you go to to, to a counselor, because you don't know what you're even passing through, you're not able to say, oh, I'm being abused. Like that's like the furthest thing from your mind. Is that the right word for the rest thing or father? You know what? Let me stick with simple words. That's, (laughs) that's like, oh, I need a word. I need a word. That's, that's not what's on your mind. Let me just leave it at that. Let me not complicate things, right? That's not what you're thinking of. You, You don't even have a clue that you're being abused. You just know that, you know, I'm going through this. This is what I've tried to do to improve my relationship with my husband, this is what he keeps doing that hurts me. You know, that's that's usually how these conversations go. And most times we're having this discussion with someone who's not informed to recognize that this is abuse going on here, right? So that's what I mean by they're not trauma-informed. They don't understand the ab- abuse dynamic, So they're looking at the problem from a very simple perspective. Like, you know, my husband said this, I said that my husband did this and this is what I I did. And it's causing such a big issue in my marriage now. So they're just, they're kind of looking at it from a simple perspective. They're thinking, well, maybe you and your husband just have communication issues. And, you know, next time this is how you should handle it. This is now that kind of advice it's not something that i'm going to dismiss because it could be something that would work in a normal marriage right so like in a marriage where this husband and wife there's no abuse really going on it could just be that okay maybe someone has been a little insensitive and they just need to be a little less selfish or they're just not communicating well or you know all this other issues that normal people have as human beings, you know, relating with one another, this kind of issues do crop up. So that's why I call them normal issues, normal problems. So the kind of advice you might be getting from this kind of counselor could be helpful advice, but it's not something that would work for you because you are in you're experiencing some kind of abuse in your marriage and you don't know it. You're not able to articulate that. And your counselor doesn't recognize it as well. If you're speaking to someone who's trauma-informed, who understands abuse dynamic, even when you're speaking to them and you're just saying simple things, they can they can recognize it. It's like someone who's strained to recognize um, something that's counterfeit versus something that's like the authentic. So they can recognize that. But oftentimes we're talking to people who don't have this knowledge or training. So they end up giving you normal, nice marriage advice that would have worked for people in an elderly relationship, but it ends up not working for you. Because the truth is, when you're in an abusive marriage, 
what you have is not a marriage problem. Okay, that's a profound statement. Let me repeat that. When you are in an abusive marriage, you do not have marriage problems. What you have is someone with behavioral problems. And that is what needs to be dealt with. Wow, I think this is going to set someone free. <laughs> I think it, it, it's what mentioning again. When you're in an abusive marriage, you do not have marriage problems. What you have is someone with behavioral problems. That person has personal problems that they have to work on to be able to relate with you appropriately. So marriage counseling is not going to work in an abusive marriage. The abusive person needs to seek help for themselves. They need to fix whatever the issue is with them. And the one who has been abused, the victim, needs to learn how to draw boundaries and how not to enable abuse and allow someone abuse them. So that kind of situation, even if you get your husband to uh, attend this counseling session with you, if the counselor is not trauma-informed or understand abuse and how it works, the abuser is going to end up manipulating the counselor. So it's either, actually it's not either or, typically both happens. So the abuser ends up manipulating the counselor to make them think that the victim is the real problem in the marriage. And then the counselor who's been manipulated by the abuser ends up enabling that abuse. They could say something like, well, it looks like you're not communicating well with your husband. The blame kind of shifts from the abuser to the victim. And that's not because the counselor is trying to do that. That's not their intention. It's just that abusers are very intelligent people. <laughs> and it takes someone who is trained in this kind of things, like professionally trained, like a mental health professional. Let me, I kid you not, I have even heard from women that talk about oh we went to even see this mental health professional or someone that is trained for this kind of stuff or and their husbands still successfully manipulate this person so abusers are very intelligent people they can manipulate you in such a way that when they're done with you you don't even know what side is up and what side is what side is down anymore so they end up confusing that person and they just walk away and the victim or, you know, the wife in this case just walks away, you know, further hurt and heartbroken. All right, let's move on. Um, reason number, is it reason number four? I think it's four. Uh, reason number four is that oftentimes the goal of counseling is to save the marriage, not to solve the problem. Hmm, that one is deeper, especially in church. Especially in church. Churches have somehow come to believe that their job is to fix a marriage. So like they see marriages as, you know, faulty cars and God has called them as church leaders to be the mechanic that's going to walk on that car and resurrect it back to life. 
No, what God has called church leaders to do is to help people, is to shepherd them. So they shouldn't have this kind of God complex where they think they're going to fix a marriage. Let me say this loud and clear. Even if abuse is not involved, even if it's just a regular, you know, marriage, having regular marriage issues, your church leaders are not called to fix it. If you're a church leader, if you're a pastor, if you're a woman's leader, if you're a pastor's wife, if you're a church counselor, if you're in some kind of church leader position and you're listening to this, please listen to me. Do not carry that burden. It is not yours to carry. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. You're just there as a facilitator. It's not your job to save any marriage. You are not the Messiah. Because Jesus is the Messiah. Let him do his job. You are only there to lead, to guide, to direct, you know, to facilitate the work of the Holy Spirit in this marriage or in the lives of this husband and husbands and wives. You know, but oftentimes they don't know that. They think it's their responsibility to fix the marriage. It's their responsibility to save the marriage. So that becomes the ultimate goal. And that blinds them from seeing what the real issues are. That blinds them from seeing that this is not a marriage issue. This is a case of someone behaving badly, consistently, and refusing to turn their ways. So all they try to do is to fix it up, fix it up. Let's patch it. Let's slap on, slap some cello tape on it. You know, let's use some super glue. Yeah, super glue works really good. <laughs> super glue works really nice. Let's slap that on it and it's going to stick together, right? And in doing this, they inflict more pain on the woman. Because our society is such that we worship men, really. And we don't consider women as equal to men, at least not in the sense of their overall worth, right? So it's easy for them to just put all the responsibility on the woman to just try and make the marriage work. Like if she would just complain a little less, if she would just bear with the man, no matter what she no matter what the husband dishes out to her, if she can just, you know, endure, you know, Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. <laughs> oh, my people, it's crazy sometimes what churches are put women through. It's crazy and it, it is sad at the same time. So essentially, they're perpetuating some other form of abuse in 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 trying to fix this marriage, trying to save, no, they're, they're not even trying to fix the marriage. I shouldn't even use the word fix. They're trying to keep it together. Exactly. Because there's a difference. Though. So all they're doing is trying to keep it together. Let's just keep this thing together so it doesn't, it doesn't break. You know, let's just keep it together. Oh, is it leaking somewhere? Let's block it. Let's tape it. Let's, that's all they're doing, trying to keep it together. 
oh he, the house must not break oh it must not so they start saying crazy things like you know the bible says that um that that the foolish woman pulls down her own house the wise woman builds it okay true the 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 wise woman builds her own home but how well can she build her home when she's married to a foolish man you know but they don't want to address that they just want to be like you know just keep praying just keep praying just keep praying right so when they say that just keep praying essentially what they're telling the woman is just pray and god is going to turn everything around like really it's human beings we are talking about here okay i think i've said enough about that reason number five I think this is going to be the last reason that I'll be talking about because it is so loaded and this is where I will be shaking tables. So, um, except I think of some other reason before the end of the episode, this is going to be my final reason of why marriage counseling is not working for you. It is that a lot of the people I call marriage ministers now, I call them marriage ministers because these people, they could be pastors. They could, they might not even be pastors, but they're people that minister about the subject of marriage to people a lot. So if they're pastoring a church, they're still known for, oh, this person teaches on marriage. Or maybe the they're known for uh, organizing conferences or they travel to other churches to talk about marriage. It, it's kind of become their trademark. So that's what I mean by marriage ministers. The number five reason is that marriage ministers, they, they perpetuate spiritual and emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. They really do. And you know what I'm talking about? Like when I start talking about this, a lot of you can think of YouTube videos that you've seen of those people saying stuff. You can think of events that you have even attended live that people say this kind of stuff. Or you can think of books that you've read that they say this kind of, you know, some of this crazy stuff that I'll be sharing with you. So they perpetuate spiritual and emotional abuse. They demean people and when i say people really i'm talking about women primarily so they demean women they shift blame or they blame shifts right so they will try to put the whole responsibility of the failure of the marriage on a woman and that's that's what abuse is see you need to expand your mind. Abuse isn't just about somebody telling you your head is not correct or some abuse comes in so many different forms. But the general definition of abuse that helps you really see it, even when there's eating abuse, abuse is simply misplacing responsibility. That's what it is. So when you see two people and someone's behaving badly and you see clearly that this person is behaving badly, 
but you don't put that responsibility on the person who's behaving badly. You put it on something else or someone else. Then that's abuse. So if the husband is behaving badly and you put the responsibility for that bad behavior on the wife, that right there is abuse. And it doesn't matter whether you're the wife's mom or you, you're their family member or their pastor, you love them, whatever. It could I mean your your misplaced advice could be well intentioned, but you're perpetuating abuse. You're even abu- you're joining the abuser to abuse the victim. And marriage ministers do this a lot in the name of preaching the word of God, teaching people about marriage. So they would demean women, okay? They will say things like, well, if your husband's cheating, then you need to look at yourself. Hmm? You need to look at yourself. You are still wearing the the nightgown that uh, your grandmother gave you. Hmm? Why will your husband not cheat? Hmm? Your hair is not on point. It's not something, something. What is that, really? Okay, so a woman needs to take good care of herself. Yeah, that's a valid point. But is that enough reason for a husband to cheat? You know, they would minimize a woman's pain. They'll say things like, "Ah, <clears throat> so your husband has one boyfriend. Are you sure that's the only boyfriend he has? Ah, be thank God for your own. Thank God for your own. I counsel a lot of women that their husband just jumps from woman to woman to woman to woman. So if your own has just one and you even know, I will even advise you just try and get close to her and be friends with her so that your life will be easy and you will have peace. See, if you think I'm making this stuff up, ladies, <laughs> I'm not making it up. Oh. I have been in a church service. Okay. This pastor wasn't even teaching about marriage that day, but I was in this service and this pastor was teaching about how how God can make your enemies favor you, right? I mean, that sounds like a legit message, right? He's talking about how God can make your enemies favor you. And then he starts telling us about story of uh, one particular couple. The man was so wealthy, you know, he was so rich, but he was so mean to his wife. He would deprive the wife of even the very basic things, right? She didn't have any kind of access to his finances. And this man was also promiscuous, right? So he had this girlfriend and God just favored the woman. Hmm? God favored the woman such that the girlfriend just told the wife, she said, Madam, see, don't worry. I'm going to help you. Hmm? And the girlfriend got money from the man and gave it to the wife to start a business. <laughs> Can you see how twisted that is? So someone is trying to use the, the to, to talk about how God can cause your enemies to favor you. And then you are talking about the fact that this woman's husband is sleeping with an, uh, a, another woman. And then this woman is supposed, this girlfriend or this side chick is supposedly helping the wife at home. Do you, ladies, do you see how, do you see how church and society 
just distort your thinking and your perception of things. Because in your subconscious, you'll be thinking, ah, thank God for that woman. Thank God that her husband was even cheating on now. If not, how would she have gotten that money now? <laughs> hmm, oh my goodness. See, may God forgive all these people that are twisting our brains, honestly. So, anyway, let me let me go on. So, marriage ministers, they perpetuate this abuse. They, they, they spiritually abuse women. They emotionally abuse women. It's like they work hand in hand with the abusers to inflict more pain on women. Now, some of these people have, have, see, I'm going to say this again, like a disclaimer. I'm not coming for anybody's neck. All right. I respect men and women of God. Okay. I respect people that have an anointing upon their lives. But what I want you, my sisters, to know is that even people that are anointed by God are not infallible, okay? They can make mistakes. When someone stands in front of you as a minister of God and they speak, you have to understand that it is not God that is standing before you. Okay, I need to say that again. When a minister of God stands before you, that is what they are, minister of God. It's not God himself standing before you. All right. God is just using that person as a vessel to speak to you. And what they speak to you, it could be a mixture of God and a mixture of their own humanity. Okay. So now to what degree is um, what they're saying to you? To what degree is it Holy Spirit inspired? Is the degree to which that person yields to God? All right. Is that if that person is completely yielded to God, you're going to be getting a lot of Holy Holy Spirit inspired words. If that person is not completely yielded to God, okay, you're going to be getting some Holy Spirit inspired words and a lot of <laughs> a lot of their own crap. A lot, a lot of the ministers, human crap, human garbage. Okay. So we have to bear that in mind. We have to give ministers of God a lot of grace. Do not hold them up in the place of God. Niger, Niger people are so guilty of this. Do not hold these people in the place of God. You have to understand the fact that they are only vessels that God uses. And the degree to which they speak Holy Spirit inspired words is, 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 um, the degree to which they are completely yielded to him. Now I was watching a video one day. I didn't watch the whole video. Actually, it wasn't that I was watching the video. This was just something that went viral on social media. And I'm sure a lot of you listening are probably aware of this. So I'm not going to mention any names. I wouldn't even mention the minister's gender. But this minister was talking about, um, I mean, the audience was primarily women. And this minister said, um, now I can't quote the exact words, but the minister said something like, if... As a wife, if you're not making any income and you depend on your husband to even buy like the, the littlest things, right, that you are a failure or something like that. It's been a while I saw that video. I can't even remember. Actually, 
you know what? I think what what um the minister said. <laughs> I almost revealed the gender there. I think what the minister said is that if your husband needs to lend a millionaire and you can't get it or something like you, you if you he, uh, needs to borrow, excuse me, if your husband needs to borrow like a millionaire or something like that, and you're not able, you're not in a position to lend your husband that sum of money, then you are a failure. Yeah, something to that effect. Well, I think at this point, almost everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And, you know, it, it went viral on social media and there were people that kind of made the point like, you know, that's not how this minister meant it. And people just took it out of context. And I thought about that. I'm like, most of these women that go up and down attending these conferences are women that are expressing serious pain in their marriage already. And you are now telling them that they're a failure because they cannot lend their husband one millionaire. Please, if I am a failure because I can't lend you one millionaire, what does it say about you that you are trying to borrow one millionaire? Are you not a greater failure? <laughs> I don't get this. I don't get what it is that they do to our brains. I kid you not. But you have to just give people grace. Like I said, we've all had this programming growing up. And I'm the kind of person that I give a lot of excuses for people. So I just thought this was just an unfortunate statement, right? Something that just slipped and the minister didn't really mean to say. And then several months after that, I was watching another video of the same minister saying, Oh, I don't care what people write about me on the internet. You can go post whatever you want, but I am going to repeat this. If your husband is the only one bringing in income and you as a woman, you're not making any money, you are a colossal failure. I said, okay, now. Lobaton. So the first time this minister said this, it definitely shows that it wasn't a mistake, right? Because this person is at, at another event giving another message and they're emphasizing this whole concept again and they are even using words like colossal failure and people at this event were clapping and laughing and they were excited and they were primarily it was primarily a woman uh a female audience i'm just looking i'm like oh my shell all these highly educated women looking tush in their Brazilian wigs and this brainwashing is still alive and well in their lives, in their brain, in their mind. This is verbal abuse, my people. Mental abuse, self-join. What is that? Now, I was having a conversation with, um, with a sister and, you know, she said she agreed that Maybe that wasn't the most appropriate thing to say, but she did believe that this minister was only trying to motivate women to reach their potential. And I said, well, I get that. I get that. But how do we, it's a good thing to try and motivate women, 
to be the best that they can be, but do we motivate men the same way? Does a minister stand in front of a male audience or or audience that's primarily male and say things like, you men, if you cannot meet the needs of your household, you are a colossal failure. No, we don't motivate men like that. Is it that men don't need motivation? Husbands need motivation as well, but we don't motivate them by tearing them down and verbally abusing them. So why do we think it's okay to do that to women? So, my sisters, I I think this bears repeating once again. I'm not trying to bash anyone. I'm not trying to bash any minister. I have stood in the place of minister at one point or the other, even if it was just in the form of um, giving marriage advice to a friend. And I have done some of the things that I'm talking about. I really had to repent (laughs) and just stop it because I recognized that I was causing someone more pain and not really addressing what the real issue was in their marriage which is their husband's bad behavior so i'm not trying to castigate anyone here i'm just saying that you need to be aware that these people sometimes do make mistakes okay they're not god they're just as human as you are They are just anointed by God to minister to people. And sometimes ministers minister out of, out of their own limited understanding. Let me just leave it at that. Okay. So this is one of the reasons why marriage counseling isn't working for you. It's that sometimes the people will stand in the place of counselor or minister also perpetuate the abuse that you're already suffering from. They also inflict more pain. They essentially put salt into the wound. They put the weight of your bad marriage on you alone. The Bi- There's a Bible verse that I do want to read out to you that kind of speaks to this in an interesting way because sometimes people get confused and because, oh, this person is a man of God, woman of God, you, you think everything they're saying to you is God's mind concerning you no it is not you will be shocked my sister if you truly understood the nature the true nature of god a lot of times it's completely different from what you come to believe when all you listen to is men and women of god but when you dig dive when you when you deep oh lord What's going on today? When you dive deep, there you go. When you dive deep into the word of God, (laughs) you will see that the true nature of God is love. God really cares about you, my sister. Forget about what all those other people are saying. God really cares about you. In the book of Jeremiah 6, chapter 14, in the New Living Translation, it's talking about prophets and priests if you read the whole chapter or even a few verses before that you would understand the context that this is referring to priests and prophets of that time it says they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound they give assurances of peace when there is no peace isn't that beautiful so god is saying 
these priests, these prophets, these ministers of God, they are offering superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. Now, what's, what's a wound? I had to look up the meaning of wound, right? It's the wound is described as injury that will ultimately lead, um, I should say mortal wound, not just wound. So I looked up mortal wound. It's injury that will ultimately lead to a person's death. That's serious matter. An injury that will ultimately lead to a person's death. And God is saying, this priest, this prophet, this ministers uh, of God, ministers of the word of God, they are offering superficial treatment for my people's mortal wound. They are offering, you know, on top of the surface kind of treatment, patch it up kind of treatment for an injury that will ultimately lead to that person's death. It also says they give assurances of peace when there is no peace. So they will tell you things like, it is well, my sister, you just submit. Submission, niasal. if you just submit, God will take care of everything. See, if you are married to a normal human being, submission will take care of everything. But if you are married to an abuser, submission is just giving the person more avenue to abuse you and ultimately kill you. That will not be your own portion in Jesus' name, oh. And I'm sure many people would have screamed amen to that, to that prayer. But you have to know that if you continue to submit to abuse, you might be seeing Jesus before the rest of us. Because this is what it says here, that there is an injury that will ultimately lead to a person's death. And the men and women of God you are looking up to, they are only offering superficial treatments. They are telling you that there's peace when there's no peace. They are telling you that if you just buy that sexy lingerie, your husband will stop cheating. They are making you think that, you know, if you can just be more successful so that you can have a millionaire to lend your husband, you will be, you will be a virtuous woman. They are making you think that you know, you just need to be more submissive and your husband will stop treating you like trash. That's not true. It is absolutely not true. And it is not the, it's not God's hurt. Uh, it's, it's not God's intention towards you. So stop seeing these people as, um, Stop, I'm not saying you should stop seeing them as men and women of God. They still are. Okay? I'm not trying to say they are not called of God. What I'm saying is put them in their place. They are counselors. You know, they are not Holy Spirit. They are not Jesus. Okay? You should continue to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Please. And look into the word of God. Draw closer to God for yourself. Don't try to have a relationship with God through men and women of God. Please, let's stop that thing. It's killing us. Okay? We all have access to the Father. It's not like in, in, in Old Testament days where you had to go through a medium. God himself is living on the inside of you now in the person of the Holy Spirit. Chai, I'm starting to preach here. 
let's just stop here before before revival break out on this <laughs> on this episode so the holy spirit himself god himself is living on the inside of you if you are a born again believer sure you still need the guidance of men and women of god as as you you know attempts to grow in faith but do not try to live through these people do not try to live out your relationship with god through them maintain that connection with god yourself okay i need to stop there it's it's starting to go from an episode podcast to a convention at this point or a revival meeting <laughs> So, um, this is where we're going to call it a day on this episode. Um, I hope you've been able to learn some things that were enlightening and helpful. And until the next time that we meet again on this episode, my name is Ola Davis. Do not forget to check out our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Um, and let's continue the conversation there. God bless you. Be careful for nothing. Continue to trust in Jesus. Have a wonderful week ahead. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember these words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.